Alrighty, folks, at one rental at a time, we are truly lucky to have the amazing Lance Lambert from Fortune and a wonderful Twitter follow at News Lambert, who is housing, housing, housing with us each week. How are you doing, sir? Doing good. And yeah, housing, 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 always a lot going on. And, uh, you know, it, there's never a boring week. Uh, there's <laughs> always something. <laughs> there's always something. Well, what I want to do in this first video is really merge kind of two concepts. I've been talking about the housing market being broken for well over a year. Uh, we've also had conversations about supply and demand and how we could have such a disjointed market and transactions down, but prices not. A lot of people didn't think that could happen. In order to do this, I want to bring up what I call my 53-year chart. Look at that again. And then I'm going to turn it over to you to talk about some current supply and demand data. You ready for this? Yes, let's do it. All right, so let me first bring up what I call the 50-year, 53-year spreadsheet, which again, I give away for free. It is that valuable on my website, one rental at a time. And what I want to ask people to do is look in the upper left-hand corner. We will do here, 1978, and we will look at total transactions. So, you know what, let's add some color just so people are looking. So this is the number I want you to look at. That is total transactions. That is a cumulative number of new home sales and existing home sales. And then below that, folks, we have the interest rate. And what you will see starting in 1978 is rates start going up, right? And they stay above 11% all the way till 1986. But what's important for people to realize is transactions fell. It took four years for transactions to fall 50%. And then we didn't get back to 4.8 total transactions. Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. We didn't get back to 4.8 until 19, I don't know, what is that? 96. So 1978 yeah. to 1996, 78 to 96. Go to 84, 85. If you could hover over total transactions. Sure. No, 85, 86. Oh, I'm sorry. And what you see there is you actually start to see a meaningful move up improvement. And if you scroll down to mortgage rates, same two years, you get a decent amount off. But most importantly, if you go to housing affordability index, because incomes kept rising too for mm -hmm. 85, 86, once the affordability improvement came, because you can kind of see in that row of the affordability, you're not getting too much, but then you're kind of starting to get some there. Mm -hmm. And then the next year it re-deteriorated. Yep. From, and so if you go back up to the total transactions, you see it hits back down. So exactly. affordability yep. through a mix of, you know, uh, probably mortgage rates coming down, some income gains over a prolonged period with some acceptance that's how you move total transactions because the the tra to get total transactions moving, you have to bring back market churn, which is the people Correct. who want to sell their home to buy something new. And until you yeah. do, you know, the affordability hit is just so big right now. It's yeah, and that's this this it was this chart. And just so people know that are seeing this for the first time, all the data sources are here. You can go link on them and see where all this data was from. These are not made up numbers. Um but this is what led me to believe that transactions were going to crash 40 to 50% because we have seen affordability deteriorate this fast. We have seen rates go up. And again, it didn't impact prices, at least on a nominal level. This is what drives all the crash bros and doomers wild. 
-hmm. we had transactions crash and on a nominal basis, home appreciation didn't go negative except for 1991 during this yeah. whole time frame. Now, on a real basis, again, adjusted for inflation, there were plenty of negative years. Now, highlight over that row again. Now, in this row right there, 82, 83, 84, mm -hmm. is the start of one of the biggest housing busts ever, and that's the right. Texas ones. If you go Correct. look up Houston home prices, Fred, you could probably find the chart. So you can get regional bust, but it, that Correct. is also a combination of bad loans too. So it's a unique story. And I think the affordability cooking in the 81, 82 is what helped to burst it. But mm -hmm. again, there was, a, there was a structural thing underneath it all. That, yeah, there was a lending. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So again, folks, you should go get this chart. This this little collection of data sourced from all the right places really is a key to what um, I think is going on today. It's obviously not the same, but it at least is, hey, transactions could go down 40 to 50%. I think we break 4 million uh, in existing home sales the next two months. I'm calling that early uh, just because I like to be out in front of things. Uh, but you have some supply demand scales that are more recent. So uh, what do you got there? Yeah, well, I just kind of wanted to go over and show just so people can kind of really digest it, the supply demand charts, the curves. Um, give me a second to pull up one. Get a good one. Give me a second. And so it, it's just really simple supply demand math uh, that I'd like to go over. One second. This is messing up still. <laughs> Let me get it as big as possible. Okay. Or share my screen. Second. I lost where you're at. Okay, I found you. Okay, I'm going to share my <laughs> Okay. Okay, can you see my screen? I can, yes. Okay, just real simple, basic supply-demand chart. Learn this, Econ 101. Yep. Uh, see the demand line, you see the supply line, you see where price meets with supply-demand, and then quantity being, you know, the supply here. And if you move demand back and supply back, this is what happens. If they both fall together in perfect in perfect movement. So you move, uh, let me get it here. See if it's gonna work. It's gonna let me draw. Yeah, basically you're trying to draw a line left of the current demand. Where did it go? It will work in a second. Okay, no problem. Okay, so here we go. New line on a picture, I got it. Yeah, okay. Real simple. And it is, let me 
can change color so it stands out. Purple. If demand moves down, mm -hmm. actually, I don't like that one. This is the line. Nope. It <laughs> I promise it eventually work. Okay. There you go. If demand if demand moves down. Yep. And there you go. This, yeah, right there. Just making sure. Supply moves also tightens up with it. The pricing. Yeah, stays can stay almost. Let me get my little right there. One second, mm -hmm. right there. It just moves to there. Left. Yeah. So yeah. it just stays right on it. Uh, yeah. And yep. uh, you know, if if demand pulls back more than supply, or supply were to move up, then you can get the pricing moving down. But what's happening in the housing market is while mortgage apps are now at 95 levels yep you you have seen supply and demand both move down and actually the reason i agree yeah this is exactly what the fed broke housing is and everybody worries about the demand side and they, they they can't wrap their mind around the fact that supply is being as impacted or more and that's why we're seeing prices stubbornly flat yeah and uh one second. Can I, I'll stop the sharing now, but yeah, that, that's it is uh, it, it's just simple economics 101, which is, although, you know, the, um, the total volume of something can free fall. Love it. Yeah. If demand and supply move together, pricing will stay stable. And some of the markets like Connecticut, it's actually demand has fallen more than mm -hmm. our supply has fallen more than demand. And so, so prices are 8%. Exactly. Austin supply has moved up and demand took more of a hit because there was a bigger affordability shock because prices went up 60 some percent from outside money, hit local demand more once the shock happened. So demand went down and supply went up some from the new build stuff going online. And so prices fell 10, 15 percent. Uh, but Connecticut up 8 percent. And both of those markets transaction volume freefalled because it freefalled yeah. everything. But it's about supply and demand, not the overall transaction volume that moves prices. Yeah. And again, we got it right here. This is a transaction crash. It's in a depression. It's down 40% and going lower, in my opinion, at least the next two months. Um, nationally and, and speaking, one, again, go ahead. One thing I think that's important to point out is that the 08 housing bust period. Okay. Yep. If there was more demand mm -hmm. transaction volume would have increased because there was so much supply out there. Correct. You, you could go get it. I was in it. I you could go everybody get it. disappeared. It, what people don't realize about 08 is we had a wave of supply. So on your demand, supply demand curve, the line didn't go to supply didn't go to the left. The, the supply went to the right, but demand went down. So of course prices fell. Shocking. Yeah. Econ 101. If tomorrow demand increased <laughs> transaction volume cannot move up that no much. that would that's why prices would go up that's why I, yes yes yeah so, so again it, the, la the last thing we want is a five and a half percent interest rate today 
That would be the worst interest rate, in my opinion. Five and a half to six percent is like no man's land because it gives you all the demand and none of the supply, in my opinion. Yeah. That would be yeah. bad. So at the end of the day, folks, this is supply demand. The crash bros and the doomers of housing don't understand economics. They are trying to scare you by talking about price because they want it to be 08 and it's not 08. The supply demand picture of 08 to today is exactly the opposite. In 08, as Lance said, supply moved right. Demand moved left. Today, it's the opposite. So prices are stable, but transactions are down. Lance, you are housing, housing, housing. Where can people find you? Yeah, housing, housing, housing. They can find me at News Lambert. I think I want to make one final point, though, sure. about this topic, which is we're very constrained on both. And so if you could bring in more demand right here, and because volume cannot respond, prices would rise, right? Correct. If spell all else equal in the economy, prices would rise. Correct. The other thing is, if you could, in theory, produce supply in this environment, like in Austin, you can, we are in a window where you could bring prices down too. So no question. I, You're absolutely correct. And the only problem there is supply with housing isn't like a magic wand uh, where you can kind of poof it in uh, being the issue. But that that's the dynamics of the pricing. Your theory is spot on. And if somebody can tell me how a wave of supply would come quickly and in mass at one time, we could have that discussion. And folks, it's not foreclosures. It's not distressed inventory. It takes a thousand days to take something from first missed payment to REO. Do some research. Lance, where can they find you? Your housing, housing, housing. Yes, they can find me at News Lambert uh, on Twitter, uh, which they now call X, but I'm still going to call it Twitter. <laughs> and uh, they could also Google me, Lance Lambert Fortune, and find my article page at Fortune. Yeah, and you, you are a prolific, is that the right word? Prolific writer. Uh, I read oh, all your okay. stuff. Thank you. Great job.